to the word. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up, Lord, because you're worthy to be praised and adored. We honor you. We love you. We bless you. We call you God. And you call us daughters, sons, children. So we thank you, Lord, for that family relationship that we have with you. And that relationship is never broken. So we thank you for it, Lord, and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk, continue talking about the healing psalms we started yesterday. And we talked about the fact that the psalms are uh, books of relationship. They outline uh, the relationship of the believer with their God. And so when we understand that God wants us to be uh, in his family, he has a place for us, he has an inheritance for us, he uh, will take care of us in all of our needs. There is no need that is beyond his ability to supply. And so whenever, uh, I don't care what the need is, sometimes it can be for reassurance, for companionship, for fellowship, uh, for anything that we feel we might want. I think God will always supply that need. He'll always come to our aid and our rescue. He will always be there for us. So we need to understand how we can relate to him. And I think the Psalms give us a glimpse of uh, the relationship that God would have with one of his children. Uh, The Psalms are written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So the Psalmists reflect man's uh, ideas his needs, his wants, his circumstances, all of the things that we understand that are uh, available to us through God, uh, we will find that generally in the Psalms. We were saying that the Psalms are relevant to the saved and the unsaved. You know, you'll find you go somewhere and everybody knows the 23rd Psalm. And uh, it some, sometimes people have it memorized and they're not even believers but they find comfort in it. They find a connection to God with it. And so many times we need that God-to-man connection, and we need that to be um, uh, available to us. And so the knowledge of that does come through the Psalms. And so that is so wonderful that we have a book that we can turn to uh, no matter what, what our situation is. You know, sometimes even for people who consider themselves now, what y'all doing to Shorty back there? Who's she mad at? Come up here a little bit and let me pray for you real quick. Now, bring her up here let me pray for her. Don't put her shoes on, honey. She okay on this bare floor. Come on up here Let 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 pastor pray for you. Now, come on here. Let me pray for you, okay? All right, Lord, we'll just bless her, give her peace in Jesus' name. Now, you going to stop crying for us? Yeah, you going to stop crying. Just give her your peace, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now nobody's going to hold you all meeting. You got your prayer now. You go, you're good, all right? Praise God. You need to be picking us up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> so the book of Psalms allows us to get certain things from God. 
there are psalms of praise uh, that help us to understand how to relate to God. We enter into his presence with praise if it's done with a thankful heart. God always looks at the condition of your heart, and that's something that we need to understand. We have to bring certain sacrifices to him, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. The Bible says he will never deny. So he will always give you access when you have that uh, about you, that broken spirit and the contrite heart. And so when we understand that that's what God requires, then we'll know how to get access into his presence. You know, when you're away from God, like say somebody who's not saved, doesn't know God, um, they don't know if he wants to talk to them, if he hears them or whatever. And so in, in the Psalms, we have what you might call a formula for access that we know that as long as we uh, 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 show him respect in these areas, that we have his attention and we have his his ear and he will incline his ear to us and do the things that we really, really need him to do. And so I think it's a blessing to be able to come to God with thanksgiving, with praise, with understanding, expecting blessing, expecting instruction, and expecting correction. You know, I know correction's a mean word to some people sometimes, but we do need our attitudes corrected. We need our goals corrected. We need our vision corrected. We need a lot of things corrected uh, because it's it's easy to stumble in darkness. And and I think that's really all there is to it is that there's darkness and there's light. And God wants us to be children of light. He will lighten our paths. He will show us the way. He will help us to get from one destination to the next. He will help us to be everything that he wants us to be if we will do what he has uh, ordained for us to do. So it's a good thing to be in the presence of God. It's a good thing to be in the presence of a holy God. It's a good thing to be in the presence of God most high because he is certainly worthy to be praised. And so we we say that and we think that way. We'll want to give him honor. We We want to do the things that please him. We'll have the impression that nothing is too much for God to ask or of us because he has done so much for us you see and so when you live a life like that you live a life of humility you live a life of gratitude thanksgiving uh humble heart all that that stuff uh you know you you can always get access to god always um i was was sharing this with somebody i forget who i was speaking to but uh, there's a gentleman that uh, is a friend on facebook and he um, he was diagnosed with a I think a stage three or four pancreatic cancer. Uh, it's been more than three years ago. He's still alive. You know he has challenges back and forth, but he every morning he posts a prayer to God. And to be honest with you, you know there's not a lot of scripture in it. There's not a lot of word in it. But there's a lot of thanksgiving in it. I did notice that about the prayer. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm, and I know that we, we approach God in the way that we have understanding. 
so that's his his understanding of how to approach god but i thought to myself it is totally scriptural and it's a totally good approach you know for him since he's uh been diagnosed he's been doing pretty well he's he's you know able to do his posts every day sometimes he has tests that are kind of grueling etc uh he's had a, a brother or a cousin or somebody that was diagnosed with cancer and died within three months you see and so he's he's kind of like one of those success stories that you can't say it was uh you know somebody's steps or somebody's formula that got him through but it was his relationship with god of of blessing and honoring god no matter what his circumstances you know and so there's i think we have a lot of people who are somewhat disgruntled we have a lot of people who are upset about minor things the things that don't have anything to do with eternity and the condition of their souls for good uh, they get caught up in a lot of what i call minutia you know what that is just the little gnats that fly ar- around you know uh you let them upset you you know what i'm saying and so when we think about what god can do uh and think about the goodness of god it allows us an opportunity to bring our hearts before god for cleansing for purification and and uttering the things that we want to utter to god so that we can have that relationship see when you go to god what's really lacking in your life is peace you know uh, you're not lacking money you're not lacking no, you could have money if you quit messing it up so once we get out that out the way i mean the money problem your problem is not money your problem is your attitude you understand what i'm saying so if you had a better attitude if you had a a, a better countenance about you you know uh, then you 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 could could live no matter what your circumstances i'm always amazed at what some people will will be rejoice over you know you see these people james and betty robinson have that uh ministry where they feed children you know starving children and families mostly in the sudan region and in different places in africa and you see that stuff that they eat you know what i'm saying i mean it's nourishing and and all and they stand in line all day long with little bowls that they've been provided in their hands so that they can get that portion of you know gruel or whatever you want to call it it's it's uh, not really a soup but it's kind of like a oatmeal or some consistency or something like that and they are so happy to be fed you know and i look at sometimes christians over on the other side of the world who have food and clothing and everything and we're upset cuz we don't we want another addition onto the house you know what i'm saying or we want one more garage added on we want a four car garage you know got three already and we want four and 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 then we're upset about little petty things you know if something's not going your way the way you want it to go you start blaming everybody else in your circumstance for it you see what i'm saying and so going to the psalms for relief and going to the psalms for relationship with god 
is always a lifesaver. I always tell people if you can't go to any other book. Now, sometimes I'll have things I need to read in the Bible for 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 ministry. Um, sometimes I need to know some personally, or sometimes I say, you know, I wanna I wanna go visit Ruth again. This you know, or I wanna go get, visit uh, uh, Hannah or Naomi. I need to talk to David today. You know, you grab your your special place in the Bible where you got really. You, it was life-changing for you when you went there. Amen. But I'll tell you, if you open the Psalms, just open up any any page on there. You start to read down for a little bit, and something's always going to grab your attention. It's always going to grab you, you know, even if you think you don't need that right now. Amen. Sometimes you look at how David wanted God to treat his enemies, and you think, huh? He really said that? And then you think to yourself, yeah, he did, because I've said it too. Amen. You know, I've I pointed the finger of accusation at my enemies as well. Or you create false enemies because you don't know what else to do. You know what I'm saying? You ain't in a good mood. You don't want nobody else to be in a good mood either. Amen. And so you, your the Psalms will rescue you <laughs> from yourself and will also heal you. They'll give you assurance of victory. They'll give you assurance of peace. So we went through a few psalms yesterday. We talked about a couple of our standards for healing. And one of those were were Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his glorious works. Amen. And so He, we know then that healing comes from the word. Proverbs 4 tells us that if we will listen to the word, it's like medicine to us. There's life and health in the word of God. So if we will will study the word, if we will let the word minister to us, if we will incline our ear, I mean really hear the word and hear it and hear it and hear it over and over again, then it brings life and health to all of our flesh. I was thinking about this. I said, you know, there were times when I would go into the word with a determination that I'm going to get my healing. You know, I'm not going to leave this word until my healing is complete. And then you realize that you're demanding that God do something. You know what I'm saying? In a certain amount of time. So not only do you have the pressure of your 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 health problem on you, now you got time added to it. And so it's it's a good thing to to get to a place where you can get in that place in your mind where you realize, God, I'm not, why am I pressuring myself? Why am I, huh? you know, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Why is my spirit discomforted with hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him because he is the health of my countenance and my God. And so there are some psalms that will bring life and health to us, help us to take the pressure off of ourselves for accomplishing things in a certain amount that we set the time that they be accomplished and learn how to just trust God. I remember when I was reading about the Abraham kind of faith and and how Abraham believed God. And at at the end, the Bible says he had, he received the promise that God had for him. That was his son Isaac. Because after all that time of 
missing God, hitting God on target, getting some things from God, not getting other things from God. The Bible says he became fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform. And see, if we take the performance away from us and put it on God, then we'll we'll be better at living every day in peace, living every day in health, living every day in strength. All of that stuff will be better for us because we'll begin to understand God and begin to understand the process and begin to understand what God is really after for us is relationship with him so that we feel like he feels all the time. We think like he thinks he wants to share that with us. Amen. Uh, and and he can give that. See, you can't as a parent, I don't care how much you love your children, you can't help them. You can't make them feel good about everything. You know how you, you might have a kid that's steam and, and uh, self-image and all that kind of stuff, and you wish you could just shake them and tell them, listen, find out who you are. Look at who you are. This is how you really are. You know, ah. well, God can do that for us. See, only God can do that. You know, if that's if that's where you're at with your child, ask God to shake him and, and show him who he is, because that's what you want to do. You want him to know his worth and know his value, know who he is before God, know what he can do, know what he's he's here for. Amen. Because people struggle so much, admire down so much in things that don't really matter. These things matter so little as far as life is concerned. God came to give us life and that more abundantly. He wants us to be, he wants our joy to be full. He wants us to be content and happy. He didn't say rich, but he did say healthy. He wants our need to be met abundantly. So you determine how much abundance is abundant. Amen. You fill in the blank. And if you can can get it over into the millionaire category, go for it. Amen. And remember me when you come to the altar. Amen. <laughs> Just thought. Anywho. But, uh, you know, God puts no limits on us. But it's up to us to determine what that level is and to live by faith to accomplish it. So God won't won't do any. He won't put any restrictions on us whatsoever. He always wants us to triumph in him and continue to do the things that are pleasing to him so the psalms give us reassurance about our relationship with god they also give us reassurance about our health and about our well-being and that god wants us to be healthy and people have a good well-being so we said he sent his word and healed us delivered us from our destructions so his word is healing and health to us amen the Lord also said he will bind up the brokenhearted. So these are things that are extremely important to all human beings. I don't know of a person alive who has not had some sorrow of heart about something, been disappointed in their life about something, had uh, difficulties at the hands of other people, and and also have caused trouble to people. You know, I feel worse sometimes about the mistakes I've made than about what's been done to me. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, we all have that uh, about us. And we don't want that to, to defeat us and entangle us 
so that we're not able to go forth in God and then enjoy the light that God has for us. We want to put that uh, away. So God puts that away for us in that he will heal our broken hearts. Psalm 147.3 tells us that. It lets us know that in times of devastation and disappointment, when our hopes are dashed, we will recover because God has, has promised us that. So it tells us also in Psalm 103.3 to not forget all of his benefits. So why don't we go there? We can start there. It will be a little, a little repeat, but it's a good repeat of yesterday. 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgiveth all thine iniquities don't forget that god forgives you you know don't forget that your sins are forgiven amen because see that is a benefit of walking with god and it's a major benefit because there are many people who are living in anger and in disappointment and in sorrow when they don't because they don't remember this is the key to relationship with god this is the key to not have to having the carefree life where you don't have any problems weighing you down. You don't have any misgivings about anything, uh, you know, at least not to the degree that they hinder you. Things that you do feel bad about that you've indulged in. God is healing that every day that you get into the word. He's still healing us. He's still making us every whit whole. All of that is true. So he forgives your iniquities and heals all your diseases. I mean, every single one of them. You know, some people say, well, you don't understand. I've got this and I've got that and it's incurable. It doesn't matter to God. See, what your job will be will be not to forget. Keep reminding yourself that he heals all diseases, even the ones that are coming up that are new. Amen everybody's got this rona thing on their minds because like you know that's the big deal of the day there's already drugs are treated there was almost at the beginning problem was the government wouldn't let us have it see what i'm saying and so you're gonna have to believe god anyway god provided a cure and a treatment so you're still gonna have to believe God. You're gonna have to if you need something, some kind of medication, you might have to believe him to change the government so that, that medicine can be shaken loose into your possession when you sit. You understand me? There's lots of things that we have to depend on God for. And so he heals all of our diseases. There's no shame to you if you have to go to the hospital and seek treatment. But but believe that God is in it with you. And if you will ask him, he'll provide the right treatment, the right cure. You won't be living in fear while you're waiting on treatment. You'll know that good treatment is coming and successful treatment is coming. And you will not die, but you will live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. So so you have all of that available to you in the word of God. You can find an answer to anything in God's word. Amen. You know, I, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, I, I, I um, want to make sure that I keep all my teeth, you know. I mean, y'all ain't going to be putting me in the casket and wondering my, where my teeth are because they're going to be in my mouth. You understand what I'm saying? 
<laughs> or borrow somebody else's teeth or stick them in there try to make it look like they belong. Y'all ain't doing that to me. Stop it. <laughs> but I was looking for a, 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 a scripture to cover, you know, teeth. And so I remembered when from from anatomy, you know, taking anatomy for nursing, that teeth and bone are this. Thank you, Nikki, Nurse Nikki. Pray for that girl. She still got a she still got past the board to get that license. She ain't get no money if she don't get that. But uh, amen. But I realized that teeth and bone were the same. And the Bible says none of our bones are broken. Amen. Yeah, he said he keeps all of his bones. None of them are broken. So that's that's my tooth scripture. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I had a tooth. And so I had that. I was chewing some chicharrones. That's my uh, my uh, my naughty vice. My naughty vice. And uh, it's more because I try to do low carb, but. If you do low carb and three times the calories, you have not helped yourself. So, so anyway, I was doing my chicharrones, and, and two of my caps popped off. So I had to have them replaced. I had the caps replaced, and one of my teeth was sensitive. And so the dentist said, well, I don't do that, but if it needs a root canal, I said, uh, you said the magic word, we ain't root nothing. On second thought, it's not as sensitive as I thought it was. We straight now. You understand what I'm saying? We all straight. If I have to fish around in this mouth for a tooth that ain't quite as, <laughs> so I'm going to fish around and find me a solid one to chew on. Amen. Praise the Lord. And keep believing none of my bones is broken and none of my teeth is gone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, people always say, well, you know, he's a good, uh, uh, what do you, what do you call them? Denture people? Is that orthodont, orthodontia? Yeah, he's a good orthodontist. I said, nah, he ain't ortho nothing. I said, I'm keeping, cause them things don't never look right to me. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, that's not to throw shade on nobody, but, you know, keep your stuff. While you got your stuff, keep your stuff. Don't just let it go to pot and let them tell you you got to have this and you got to have that. You don't need all that stuff. Just keep yours and take care. That's God. God help me to take care of care of what I got, you know. So we, we, we be all in that, you know. At least the teeth, if you ain't straight up on nothing else, at least get that right. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't let the devil have them. Huh? Don't let them have them. When you don't have them and they lose them somewhere, they give you that baby food to eat. You know, you want you. Ain't no ribs coming your way for a long time. So, you know, you all your favorites is on the shelf. Just saying. Amen. So, anyway. But, yeah, he keeps us. He he feeds us with his word. And, and none of our bones are broken. Amen. He heals all of our diseases. Amen. So we have assurance that not one disease is immune to God's healing power. Amen. Because he knows us and knows what we need. And he has given it to us already in, in his covenant. He's already assured us of life and health health to all of our flesh amen and he binds the brokenhearted we said that 
in Psalm 42:11, this this gives us a different perspective on health and on healing. It says here, it says, "Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted in me?" Huh? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So this psalm says, God is the health of my countenance. Now your countenance really is your, what they call your visage or your face, how you present yourself um, to the world. You know, what do you look like? when you appear before people and there is a healthy countenance and there is a not healthy countenance i was a psychiatric nurse believe it or not i was also a patient but don't hold that against me you know you gotta gotta be all things to all men it's whatever i don't know but who um when when people would come in and, and just as a nurse in general when you look at people you're just to, to assess assess them and assess their health by their appearance and the countenance in in psychiatry the countenance is very important amen many times if if people are in their street clothes and they come in psychiatry you can assess their mental health by the their physical appearance sometimes people haven't changed clothes in many days they're what you call disheveled amen Sometimes people have clothes on that don't really fit them. If they've had a major weight loss, you can tell that because, you know, you say, oh, that that outfit you, you, yeah, it's a little big for me. I've lost weight. So you make note of those things. The other thing you look at is the face, their countenance, or in, in psychiatrists called it their affect. See, it's it's how are they affected and what is the uh, the disposition of their their soul and their heart based on the way they present to you? Depressed people have what they call a flat affect. It's just blank. You know, I've, I was I was talking about this little kid that uh, when I go to Panera to pick up the bread, this little kid that they just hired, I, I told him, Gigi, I said, yeah, I said, he's one of them little zombie dudes. I said, they don't smile, they don't blink, they don't, they just grunt, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and there are some people who are like that. They just, it, they're slow to respond to the, the atmosphere around them. They just kind of live in their own little world. They're not what they call spontaneous. And so, and then there are some people who are slow in their spontaneity you know you'll you'll say something and maybe you want to say it in a joking manner and it takes them about 10 minutes to catch what you said you know and laugh and so in in many times it's because people are overwhelmed on the inside their soul is overwhelmed with whatever it is that they're dealing with in life amen you you assess people according to their appropriateness to what's going on you know, if there's difficulty going on, are they laughing hysterically and making jokes about things? You see, that's inappropriate countenance. And so when the Bible talks about God being the health of our countenance, what they're saying is for anything that you may get assessed as having out of out of whack, out of joint, not right, 
you can go to God and get back a healthy demeanor, a healthy countenance, a shine on your face, a glow, an inner glow that radiates to the outside because God's word will do that to you and God provides a healthy countenance for us because it's a proven fact that people who laugh and who enjoy life and who are lighthearted live longer, more successful, they do better than people who are depressed, low, serious, have a gloomy outlook, all that kind of stuff. And so Christians tend to be more of the former because God becomes the health of our countenance. When you see if you you even have kind of like an off day and you make up your mind you're going to get in the word and you're going to believe God and you're going to your countenance changes right before your very eyes. Amen. You make up your mind that that it's not as bad as you thought it was. Your time in the word has benefited you. You can go through life anticipating good because a discouraged countenance really means that you don't expect anything good to happen for you. Amen. And or you're expecting somebody else to provide the answer for you, the help for you. You you depend on somebody else to put you in what they call a good mood. Amen. Now, some people are just manipulators. You know, they like to come in with a countenance that garners attention. You know, they don't want to smile. They don't offer you a smile. They don't offer you, you know, they're not what they call affable, I guess, that, that you, you're open and you, you invite people in kind of thing. And so God will make us people who have a healthy countenance that can encourage the person that we're around instead of having to draw from them what you need all the time and and making them do the heavy lifting for you because many people don't know that the word will lift their countenance they're just accustomed to living like they live and being a little debbie downer you know dan discouraged and all that kind of stuff and and they're just just not accustomed to self-maintenance in these areas but i'm here to tell you that god will change your countenance he will change the health of your countenance if you will humble yourself to him we need to go to him daily forgiving people because hatred is is big in the earth now and people who don't know how to fight that battle of of their soul and keeping their soul focused on things that are good lovely pure and good report they don't they don't know how to cultivate a healthy countenance because a lot of this is our responsibility to think on the things that are that are lined up with god's word see what i'm saying that are good and pure and good report and see we get mired down in our own uh bad attitude our bad thinking our negative thinking we let that mire us down and then we want to blame somebody else for the fact that we're out of sorts you see what i'm saying and (laughs) sure you do instead of addressing that in the throne room between you and god and and thanking god that that my sins are forgiven i ask you to forgive me god for walking around here in a sad countenance or a negative countenance or something like that and 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 let me live the life of joy 
that you've ordained for me. He he died so that our joy would be full. So he's dead already. He can't die again for you just because you're in a bad mood. And you have no right to upset everybody else in the house because you, you don't know how to maintain yourself. You understand what I'm saying? I see households that are are uh terrorized by one person that has bad habits and a bad and in a bad mood. Amen? Because that's a devil and the more you give attention to devils, the more they want. They're never satisfied, you know? So if you're going to help somebody, you need to throw them on the floor. Tell that thing to come out in the name of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of listening to their foolishness all day long, like there's some credibility to it. You got me? You know, why is their soul cast down? Why are you, you're not out of sorts because somebody's treating you wrong. You're out of sorts because you choose to be. And you don't know how to maintain your own little temple. Huh? It's true. Or you refuse to put in the work to do it, so you'd rather just let it go and then constantly blame the other guy. You see what I'm saying? So, so you, you can't get away with that in God's kingdom. God is a, because God says he's the health of your countenance. If you want to be feeling better about situations, you can't change people and you can't run away from people because you take you everywhere you go. You understand what I'm saying? If you get to a perfect place, you're going to mess it up. Amen. So you might as well take the cure and say, God, you are the health of my countenance. Why is my soul? Why am I always in a bad mood? Why am I always looking down at everything? Why am I always the mean person in the room? Why is everybody always got to come and pray for me? Why is everybody always got to pay my bills and do stuff for me? That's enough to cast your soul down. Huh? But God is the health of your countenance. When he makes his face to shine upon you, if you'll receive it, you'll find that the people you've been blaming for everything wrong in your life really aren't responsible for it. See, this is what people don't want to do. They don't want to get alone with god and start confronting that and start talking to him about it god why is it every time i get a job i wind up getting fired because you know people uh persecute me and talk you ain't that big of a christian Well, they don't like me because I serve God. Well, that should put you on top. That makes you the head not to tell. What are you complaining about? You mean you're the head and you need people to like you too? Just saying. Let's get some perspective here about things, folks. You get fired because you ain't a good employee. And you don't know you're the head, not the tail. Just a thought. Huh? See, when you're the head, 
people will bend over backwards to do things for you. I don't care if you have the, the least job in the place. They will bend over backwards and do things for you. Amen. People aren't after you because you're such a powerhouse in God. Huh? If that were true, people wouldn't bother you. Why? Because you'd learn because you'd love people. Well, I do love them. Why is your countenance cast down? Why is your soul so cast down? Why is your soul disquieted in you? Bible says love never fails. So if you're in love with everybody, your countenance should be up, not down. You shouldn't be running from people because you think they treat you mean. If I didn't know how to win y'all crazy people over with love, I wouldn't be here. And you wouldn't either. See, I made that my goal. If I found people lied on me and talked about me behind my back, I said, Lord, help me win them over. That's my job. Not just because I'm the pastor. That's everybody's job. you got to learn how to love people. Because we all got ugly things about us. We all got... Thin skin, thick skin, warts, amen, bumps and bruises. and Where are you going to find some perfection in all that? So we got to learn how to love. That's our problem. We fail on that miserably many times. But don't give up because God is still in the, the business of teaching us how to love people. It begins with forgiveness. Not grudge holding, huh? And not backbiting people. Amen. You talk to God about people. You don't talk to other people about people. See, that's that's sin number one. You know, people are lying when they got to go to everybody else and say it, because then they're every time they say it, they try to convince themselves a little bit more, see if they can convince you too. See, that's why God hates backbiters. Amen. He does. And see, when you want God to be the health of your countenance, you have to walk in holiness. Because you reflect him, and he is holy. Amen? So he's not going to force his glow on you and his health on your face if you're resisting it through unforgiveness. You're not going to get it. That's why many Christians don't get any better, but rather grew worse. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, amen? They're always gushing stuff, bitter stuff out of their souls and out of their hearts because they don't know how to go to God in humility and say, Father, this person seems not to like me, but I forgive them. Help them to win, help me to win them over. Help them to understand who I really am, that I'm not against them, amen? I am for them. I am not their enemy. Amen. I am their friend. Amen. And see, if we can do that, amen. See, we don't, as Christians, we don't do that. We live in our own little bubble, our own little world. And if anybody comes close, we got that little sword out. We're just poking people with. Huh? Well, they said that to me. They didn't speak to me. They didn't. Huh? It's pitiful. 
some of us been in church for too many years amen just been in here we haven't been living the life see this life jesus what he did for you is no good if you don't accept it and live the life that he's ordained he didn't ordain you to live a life as the troublemaker or backbiter he didn't ordain you to be uh the live the life of somebody who murders your brother by falsely accusing them you got me he just didn't do it so you're not living the god kind of life yourself is your problem amen i'll show you how to live the god kind of life learn how to love people that don't treat you right huh if david uh, i'm sorry if joseph had been a grudge holder he never would have been prime minister of egypt you got me if he hadn't learned in the, the i don't know of any of y'all that's in prison unjustly and you got to obey the the keeper and and serve the other prisoners in there and do that day in and day out nonstop. but that was joseph's life and see we you know you people get these stories from the pit to the palace we talk about the pit first see y'all and got all crowned and tr and palace happy where we live most of the time is the pit because there's a pit around us in some area of our life at all times because the devil's constantly picking at us to try and upset our lives and see if you let yourself become weak to the enemy and listen to every lie he tells you about everybody you'll be a very miserable person the bible says love believes the best it believes all things it believes even if a person is cussing you out and treating you bad you got to believe they love you lord i'm gonna forgive them because i know deep down they love me even if you don't know that you need to and you need to say it anyway because it can be a prophecy if you make it one people who don't love you can be turned to love you if you're lovable huh (laughs) most of us don't even know how to make ourselves lovable we don't humble ourselves enough to figure those things out between us and god god this person really rubs me the wrong way and i have to be around them every day show me what to do and he'll tell you yeah that's why i put you there (laughs) oh sure that's why he puts us in many places so we can learn to love and we can learn to quit blaming everybody else for our hatred many people hate themselves so even if they're in an atmosphere where people love them 24 7 they won't receive it they won't there's no there's no open door to receive anything in your heart if you hate all the time huh so god has to make you somebody's project yeah that's why he brought you to church so the preaching can chip away chip away chip away chip away chip away chip 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 away amen 
we talk about the potter's wheel. Uh huh. <laughs> It's a nice concept, but most people don't know how to live it and how to expect. See, if if you understand that God is making you through adversity, then you wouldn't be so upset when people don't like you or you don't get the response from them you think you deserve. See, people who are always thinking about themselves think they deserve everything. They think they deserve the royal treatment. No trouble ever in their lives. Everybody's got to treat them like a king and queen. When God is inviting us to participate in his life, and part of his life is loving people who are unlovable and who you think don't treat you right, I'll put it that way. Because most of our trouble that we think people are causing is not them at all. It's us. You got me? Because people have no power over you if God is a health of your countenance. If you determine to live in joy anyway, nobody can take that away from you. What are you complaining about? Amen? Sometimes you need to pray and ask God, God, is there something I'm doing that's causing this reaction? And oftentimes you'll find out that what you have is a misunderstanding between people. People leave churches. People fall out. People call people up in the church and tell them their problems, hoping they'll leave too. Huh? Because of misunderstanding. Huh? You don't understand me as much as you think you do, and I don't understand you as well as I I might think I, I understand you either. So you got to let stuff like that go and pray about it and make up your mind to love people, period. You don't have to understand me because I don't understand me. And you don't understand yourself either. Huh? One day you cool with everybody, the next day you're mad at everybody. You understand what I'm saying? And so the, the, the bottom line is forgive and love. Amen? Love is not concerned about its feelings. Amen. It's not touchy. Why are you so touchy about this person? Huh? Oh, yeah. Why do they just bug you so much? Huh? Huh? Why are you, why are you touchy? Why you got to have all of that? Amen. The Bible says love does not take account of a wrong done to it. It just doesn't. It does not take account of a a wrong done to it. It doesn't. It doesn't. See, the devil lies to people. The devil tell you all kinds of lies. They don't like you because you know you have this about you. They don't like you because they mean. Huh? They treat you mean all the time. Huh? (laughs) You be careful who you call mean because God will make sure you walk into some real mean people. He will. He will. And he'll command you to love them anyway. He will. 
because he wants us free. He really does. Come on, sweetie pie. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. See, I made a a vow to the Lord that was not going to let the devil torment his people. If I can do anything about it, I'm going to get people out of this backbiting, listening to backbiters. People who aren't coming to church don't like you because you come. And they want to poison you against staying with your assignment. Come up here if somebody's messing with your head with that. Don't be ashamed and don't be afraid because you need to be delivered. Because this poison that people are spewing out is from hell. You got me? Praise God. And I don't want you listening to your own conscience about it either. This is a time in the earth where there are many people on their way to hell and they want to grab the hand of somebody who's on their way to heaven to take with them. Learn to discern the marks of hell. Learn to discern the wickedness that is loose in the earth and separate yourself from that unclean thing, says the Lord. Separate yourself from evil speaking. Separate yourself from religious talk. Separate yourself from excessive criticism, says the Lord. Allow your spirit to belong to me. Let it be free and pure and clean before me, says the Lord. For I have told you at the beginning of this year that you would be tested the double, says the Lord. But if you would hold on to me, you would pass both tests and receive a double reward, says the Spirit of God. And I mean for my bride to hold on to me. 
that I might present her before the throne spotless with exceeding joy, says the Spirit of God. And I will not have any devil from hell tormenting my people, keeping them back, keeping them down, keeping them out of the fullness of joy, says the Spirit of the living God. So let go of that which let go of that which torments you and assails your soul, said the Spirit. For I am the health of your countenance. I am the only one who can give you a healthy countenance, says the Lord. I am the health of your countenance and your God. Let go of these false gods, says the Lord. Let go of these unclean relationships and friendships, says the Lord. I have much better things for you. I have holy things for you, says the Lord. I have things that are pure and things that are wonderful and things that are clean and great, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, We'll get your chair, okay, a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Strengthen her. Strengthen her.
to have the Abraham brand. That's what you got. His brand of faith and his brand of power, says the Lord. It's here for you. It's here for you. It's here for you. Nothing else will do. Refuse everything else. Everything else is brand X, brand Y, brand Z. But you got the Abraham brand, says the Lord. You've got the real thing. Praise God. Amen. Devil is a liar. This is a sanctuary. That means no devils allowed. Amen. And no torment allowed. He is a liar. Amen. Praise God. So God is the health of our countenance. Amen. He gives us uh, a cheerful affect. 
Amen. <clears throat> the Bible talks a lot about the countenance of different people. The definition that I found says your countenance reflects who is in control. Amen. Your countenance reflects who is in control. When Cain, when God spoke to Cain in, in the garden, he asked him, why was his countenance fallen? You can have a fallen countenance because of disappointment, but God said it was a result of sin. So sin really is what causes a fallen countenance. Does that mean that you've done something bad? It might. And what do you care anyway? If you confess it, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. See, we strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. We're always debating, did we do something wrong or not? Yeah, you did something wrong. Huh? If nothing else got up this morning with a fallen countenance. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> if it wasn't wrong, God wouldn't correct it. Amen. So Cain told on himself with a fallen countenance. See, sin will always tell on you. But God does remove that and give you a cheerful countenance. Amen. And he wants us to walk in a countenance that is cheerful. Amen. God looks at changes in our countenance. Genesis 31, verse 5. Let me see who that's about. I think that's, that, no, that's not, uh, I'm thinking about uh, Nehemiah. That's, he's coming up next, I think. Well, let me do that. Nehemiah 6, that's probably where it is. Nehemiah. Ooh, somebody just stole him out my Bible. Ah, here he is. He say, here I am, Barb. Nehemiah 6 and verse 26. I think this is him before the king. Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Though that's numbers. Hang on. I'm going to find, no, Nehemiah 2, 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nehemiah 2, 2. I write small sometimes. Verse 1, it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king, that there, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not before been before him sad. So part of Nehemiah's job was to cheer the king up. Amen. So here you get an understanding. And, and Nehemiah now is a servant of God. So God's expectation of not only Nehemiah, but all of his children, is that we keep a cheerful countenance about us. If there's sadness in your life, you go before God with that. You don't display it. That's like a bad witness. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, has anybody ever come up to you and, and, you know, after, say, for instance, they know you for a little bit, not know you very well, and, you know, they tell you about something you said, um, well, could I pray for you? I'm a Christian. I'd like to pray for you. You know, God's a, and they say, I knew it was something different about you. How would they know it unless it's from your countenance? Amen. So don't work, make people work real hard to figure out who you are. Let me put it that way. Because it's important. Amen. It's important. You know, people get attention with their face. That's why we always in the mirror trying to make it some other than what it is. Huh? 
Hit it. Give me some Stevie Wonder. Isn't she lovely? That's us. Amen. If we ain't, we gonna go something buy something to make it so. Huh? So your face is important to you. So if it's important to you, it's important to God. Amen. But he'll make it the way he wants it to be. And not the way you want to project yourself. Amen. You know, I've gone out of the house looking like whatever, hoping I didn't run into anybody and then somebody will need prayer. And they say, I just love you, thank you, and they hug you, and it's like, you did I put on deodorant today? What kind of shape? I mean, seriously. Well, y'all don't do that, but I sure do. I, I was married for 30 years. I had to I had to step it up sometimes, you know, and get to, get to step in. They didn't say how to get out of the house, do the step in. They just said get to step in. So that's what I did. I went to step in. Huh? had a neighbor that walked all the way around the block she had had back surgery she was my neighbor across the fence but there was no cut through she had to walk around the block to get to my house and i looked out my back window and she was standing there and i said what are you doing there i said is your what did you walk around here your back you got a bad back and she was crying she's one of her her four pomeranians who me and girlfriend decided were not really from Pomerania, but if they want to play that game, we, they they was from the pound. But anyway, no, I messed with you. (laughs) But one of them had gotten really sick. And she said, could you pray for him? And I just, oh, Lord, you know, come on in. And she hugged me, and I, I was in the kitchen sweating and in the, I never put on the, I always keep pajamas on. All day. If it ain't Saturday or Sunday, I got to come here. <laughs> now I'm just telling the truth on myself. And if I have to go anywhere further than my mailbox was at the end of the driveway, is <laughs> throw something on it, hope you don't get caught. You know what I'm saying? That's worse than a school mom. You know, school moms would go out in the curlers and the pajamas off. This is worse, three times worse. And so she hugged me, and I said, oh, God, I didn't put deodorant. I haven't bathed. But what is the deal here? But we prayed, and we hugged, and we cried, and the dog got healed. And, you know, I mean, just wonderful things. It had to have been my countenance that projected that God lived in me. You understand what I'm saying? Because it was not my attire. You know, sometimes we're concerned about the wrong things. Countenance is much more important than what you wear. Got me? It's who lives in you. Who lives big in you. Who's in control on the inside of you. That's what's reflected on your countenance. And here here we have Nehemiah. And the king said to, to me, why is your countenance sad? Seeing you're not sick. In other words, you up here at work, shape up. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. He said, then I was very afraid because that was that was not right. The king could have you thrown out or put to death if you didn't 
you didn't fit the bill that day. You understand what I'm saying? And so the king, because he loves Nehemiah and God has given Nehemiah favor with this man, he's able to help him and understand that there is a big reason why this man is sad the way he is. And he has been fasting and he has been praying and he is not looking good at all. You understand what I'm saying? And so Jesus told us, he said, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. He said, go face, you know, fix yourself up. Look like you belong to somebody. Amen. Don't don't let everybody see what you're going through on your face. Amen. So God has a way he wants us to project his image in the earth. And that's why he makes our countenance healthy. Amen. I I can remember being a, when I was a nurse. I'm still a nurse legally. But operationally, I know Nikki, right? Operationally. I'm a disaster, okay? It would be disaster nursing. I go into a room now and I look at, I said, what is that? And they'll tell me, I said, you can do that now? Don't let me touch it. (laughs) Bride of Frankenstein reporting for duty. But God wants us to project his life everywhere we go. Amen. You shouldn't show stress on your face. Amen. You want to you wanna always look healthy. You always want to look youthful. You always want to look as though God lives in you and he's living large in you and you're happy about it. Amen. We have to, we, and we have to be happy about it who God is and what he's doing in our lives and how he's helping us. Amen. And so God wants us to depend on him for our countenance. You don't depend on people to make you happy. Amen. You be the most miserable person. All you be is a puppet. Because, you know, on Monday they they passing out happy on on Tuesday. They ain't got none for you. Amen. So if you depended on circumstances and people to make you happy, I'm telling you, you are in the wrong market already. Amen? You don't depend on material things for your happiness. Amen? You know, Jesus asked a good question. Isn't your life more than what you eat, drink, and wear? Why are you upset about your job? Be thankful you have one. Why are you upset about, you know, your family? Be thankful you have children. Amen. Be thankful you have a husband or whatever y'all got. I mean, everybody got something different. Be happy for your goldfish. You know what I'm saying? Just just learn how to live in his joy. Because if we don't do that, we'll be, we'll be taken down real easy by the darts of the enemy. They'll get us in us and stick real deep. Amen. They will stick real deep because we are not able to fend them off because we we allow, you know, you're, if there's something else in, in charge in your life, in control of your life besides God, whatever that is, is projecting out and attracting things similar to it. So your accountant's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Got me? It's not going to get cheerful on its own. 
you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You're going to have to learn how to repent and forgive people. You're going to have to be learn how to be determined to love people. Amen. You don't love people so that they can love you back. Amen. You love people because God commands you to. He won't accept anything less than that. And so in in understanding health and understanding our countenance and understanding the things that, that bring forth life and contribute to our life and well-being, we have to really accept that God is the one who gives us health and it shows on your face. Amen. It will cause your face to shine. If God shines his face upon you, your face shines as well. When God, sometimes if some people have it, you know, on their face when the anointing is on them, it changes you to another person. So let the power of God flow. When God is giving you words to share with people or he tells you to encourage somebody or pray with somebody or whatever he instructs you to do, let that project out of you. Amen. Let that don't don't play games with in certain areas of life. Just allow God to to present you the way he wants you you to be presented to people so that he can be glorified. God wants his people to be cheerful. He wants us to live out of the fruit of the spirit and not out of circumstances. And so you can trade that in. You can trade in circumstantial living, which is up and down all the time by renewing your mind to the things of God. And and by getting before God and releasing a lot of these things that are harboring inside of us, holding us back, keeping us down. Just let them go. Release them. You don't have to call nobody and tell them nothing. You understand what I'm saying? We always want to tell somebody off and get them straight. Or we make these fake, well, I'm going to call them and tell them I forgive them. And then you get in a conversation about how wrong they are. Stop that stuff. Get into God's presence and let that be your relationship with you and him. God, help me to stay straight. Keep me straight. Keep me walking in love. Keep me understanding. Keep me from harboring ill will against people and ill feelings against them. And and if you allow God to do that, I'm telling you, you will be the most content, joyful, peaceful. People will flock to you because you have something that they need and they want. Don't be that person who when you show up, people start whispering and going the other way and getting getting out the way. You understand what I'm saying? It's a little rough. That ain't one of that ain't one of God ain't one of uh, Jerry's kids or something, you know. Baby's kids, amen. So you know, you want to reflect your father's personality and his spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for giving us understanding. Thank you, Lord, that we are very, very important to you. Lord, we are essential people in the earth because we carry your spirit. We belong to you. I thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the the ways of peace and the ways of health and the ways of cheerfulness, the ways of love. Father, more than anything, we've got to learn to love. We've got to learn to see people the way you see them, appreciate them the way you appreciate them, and love them the way you love them. Nothing less will do. So we thank you, Lord, for teaching us to walk the ways of love. And we bless you, and we praise you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Bless our time of fellowship. Bless our bread and our water. Take sickness from the midst of us. Father, I bless all of your people assembled here with health, wealth, 
long life, a life worth living, a high quality of life, because it's lived supernaturally. All right, let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen and amen and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.